0: Again, thank God for having you here. Uh, we'll just try and go over Sunday and try and review it. Uh, But the way I want us to do it is going to be conversational. I want us to, you know, to have a conversation on on, um, what uh, we heard on Sunday. So I'll just be like facilitating. All right. If you have your Bibles here, let's just open to uh, the launching text, which was Isaiah thirty verse fifteen. He said, "For thus said the Lord." Verse fifteen, Isaiah thirty verse fifteen, "For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning." and rests, shall ye be saved. In quietness and confidence shall your strength be, and ye would not. All right? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me add a corresponding scripture there so that uh, it gives us a, a good perspective. Let's open to Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 30, or let me just read it. Jeremiah 30, I think verse 11. Also, Not thirty now. I need to see this Isaiah, Jeremiah thirty. It's talking about the same things, almost same thing, word for word. See five. No. Just give me one second. I'll find it out now. I think verse, um, verse, 10. verse ten, right? Okay, thank you. you the the okay, therefore, uh, Jeremiah, right? Yeah, Jeremiah, verse ten. Verse ten, therefore. Therefore, fear thou not, O uh, servant of Jacob, said the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar and thy seed from the land of captivity. And Jacob shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet and none shall make him afraid. You see that? He said he shall what? Return. He shall what? Have rest. He shall be what? Quiet. And nothing shall make him afraid. So the same thing with that same scripture, almost... You know, the same thing. But I know the, the background to uh, what we heard is that this actually was a prophecy in Isaiah 30. God was prophesying to Hezekiah. And as God was prophesying to Hezekiah, God just wanted to, to show him his foolishness. Because Hezekiah, at first, the Assyrians came and they you know, came to attack him. And what he did was to bribe the Assyrians. And after bribing the Assyrians, the Assyrians took the bribe and they still attacked him. So when Egypt came for him again, he wanted to go and start negotiating with them again. And God said, for how long will you keep doing this? How long will you keep doing this? You have not learned the other lesson. Don't you know that it is in returning, returning, you see, in returning to me that your victory will be. All right? So what, does that, what is that telling us? Now, when you read that Isaiah 30, especially if you are looking at it from, uh, if, you are not, if you are looking at it from the eyes of the New Testament, you are wondering why, uh, why is it saying, in returning, what are you returning to? You know, what are you returning to? In returning and in rest, shall you be saved? What does that mean? I'm already saved, all right? I've been saved. I've been uh, delivered and all of that. Yes, you have been saved. You have been delivered. But if you look at it allegorically, it's talking to us allegorically. So what God is telling these people here, let's look at it. Let's exchange it with our own selves. What God was telling these people, just like we are children of God, they are already also the chosen of God. It's Israel. So, God is not telling them to become Israelites again. I don't know if I'm making sense again. God is not telling them to become Israelites again. God is telling them, just like God is not telling us to become saved again. You can only be, you you know, when you get born again, you are saved. It's one time, all right? So, God is not telling you to come and get saved a second time. in returning, you know, those kind of things. You go back and forth and all of that, and then you're praying the sinner's prayer. That's not what he's talking about here. The same thing is, about the same thing is what happened in the book of Revelation. Revelation, I think, chapter 2 where God was telling uh, the Ephesian church. He was saying, you know, the problem I have with you, you have, you have departed from your first love. So return to your first love. Return. So that word return there, go back to your first love. And for us as Christians, yeah, what, when that, that word return actually means go back to that place where you have trusted God. Because you have, yeah, it's the word repentance. Because you have drifted away from that place where you have trusted God. So, God is now telling us, in the, in the area of your faith, in the area of your trust, in the area of your belief, you have to return back. You have to change. You have to change your mind. You have to, I mean, free yourself from every other thing you have trusted and move back in the place of trust. Move back to the place of, of faith. Return to that place of faith where God will always meet you and answer your issues. Isaiah says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Does that mean that God is not not found anywhere? No, God is everywhere. Does that mean God cannot be found anywhere? No, God can be found anywhere. But when it comes to you and God, there's a place. And that place is a place of faith. It is a place of trust. That is the place where God may be found in terms of you resolving whatever issues that have confronted you over time. So when it says return, it is not telling the children of Israel. It's, he's not telling the children of Israel that you know, oh no, you, you have to go back and go and become Israelites. That's not what he's talking about here. Just as it's not telling us that's what we should do. But he's telling them: there's a place, Hez, uh, King Hezekiah. There's a place where I will always my power, my ability will always be maximized in your life. Amen. There's a point. There's a place. There's a particular place, and that place is a place of trust. That place of trust. That place of faith. Where you and I have always met—that's where I want it to be. That's where I always want it to be. Nothing should take your mind because, and for many of us, a lot of times, you know, our minds are shifting. Our minds are moving here and there. We believe God today; we don't believe God tomorrow. Is God going to do it? No, God is not going to do it. Will God try it? No, God is not going to try it. Our minds are shifting. Our minds are moving. And because of that, it is difficult for us to be able to, you know, cooperate with God in the area where he wants to cooperate with us. Because a lot of times, you see, God wants, you know, uh, God wants something from you. And that is your faith. He wants you to, faith. God is not going to force something on you. You are not a robot. You are not an idol. You see, when, when Dagon came and confronted the ark, of the, the, the ark of God, he fell. That was an idol. All right? But for us, we are not idols. So God needs our cooperation. He needs our cooperation. He needs us to cooperate with Him. And that is the place of faith. And that's where God is telling us to return to. In the area of our faith, in the area of our minds, in the renewing of our minds and all of that, God wants us to return to that place. So, and you see, if you read the scripture, if you read the scripture, it's progressing. When you return, when you return, then guess what happens? You find rest. You find rest. In returning and in rest. Because in Jeremiah 30, that Jeremiah 30 verse 10, you know, makes it uh, makes it, kind of, you know, puts, puts it in perspective for us. Alright? It, it puts it in perspective for us. Let me read that Jeremiah 30 again, verse 10. Look at what it said. Therefore, fear not, O my servant, seer the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel. For lo, I will save thee from afar. I will save you from afar. And thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall what? Return. And he shall be in rest. So when you return, you'll be in rest. When we go back to that place of faith, that place of, like what the, God was telling the, uh, this in the, the Ephesian church in the book of Revelation, when they return there, then they will find rest. And be quiet. If you find rest, you see, it's, it's, it's progressive. When you, when you return, you find rest. You will be in rest. When you be in rest, it is in rest. Because from what Pastor taught on Sunday, it is only in rest that you can find direction. You cannot find direction when you are not in rest. Direction always comes when you are at rest. That's when God will speak to you. So, when you are at rest, based on this one, when, when uh, when you are at rest here and you'll be quiet and then none shall make you afraid. You shall not be afraid. You shall have strength. And we know that at the end of the day, when you have strength, the Bible says, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Cast not away your confidence, which has great, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, which has great recompense of reward. So I'm just throwing this, I'll just lay the background for us. I don't know, you know, what area, what are we, what's your understanding, what's your, you know. What do you understand? What do you want to add to it? What do you want to, uh, what do you want to, what do you want us, what's your observation? Let me put it that way. Like I told you, I'm just a facilitator. I'll start calling people now if I don't have volunteers now.
1: I think more than anything, as this word keeps coming back, rest, 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 yeah. I believe God is making an emphasis of it for us. I believe it's, it's a place that will bring us to the next level. And it's almost as if to get there is that quietness to hearing the voice of the Lord. I mean, look at the servant of God. He was in the quiet and still. Time that he heard the voice of God, um, being able to lead and guide. I I believe, um, like Pastor succinctly put it on Sunday, when he talked about when he went to Matthew chapter eleven yes. about the yoke. The yoke, yes. I I think it all comes down to that: is just being yoked with Christ. Right. And I think for every one of us, is the, what is the practicality of that? Okay. What do you mean by being yoked with? with Christ. I, I think maybe that's what I also want us to expound upon tonight. What is it? What, what does it mean to be, to be On my In my everyday dealings, as I go out, what does it mean to be yoked? Okay. I mean, I hear that word yoke is just yes. like it's out there, but what does that mean to be yoked? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amen. Amen. Any, any takers? What does it mean to be yoked? What, what does it mean to be what does it mean to be yoked with Christ? We, we know it you know, from the example we saw with, was it a uh, brother Greg or who, yeah, who was pastor. he? A pastor and uh, this thing. Rastafon. Rastafon. Yeah, Rastafone. And uh, we know that, you know, uh, yoking, it's two animals brought together, especially cattles, and you put them together. Yeah. You know, you put them together with a wood or something, yeah, you're fully connected with them. And then, uh, so both of them move together at the same time. And so they distribute the body. There yes, we go. The burden is distributed. Yes. So that one is not lifting the, the other of the Exactly. Yes. One is not lifting this one's burden or the other one is lifting that other burden. All right? But let's say you have a, the other animal, the other cattle is sick. And this one has to do, you know, this, one, this other one has to move you know, the, this thing. At that time, are they still yoked? Or, I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I think that just helps put it in perspective. Then I'll add something okay. to it, which is, um, at the time where that one is weak. Weak, okay. I mean, the, the Bible says when, when in your weakness, that's my strength that's is made perfect. That's what That's what. And, and I think that really what God is looking for is that place of understanding my weakness. Yes. And being able to just leave it. A practical example, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday. And um, they were trying to pick a course, you know. Maybe I should do this. And they had about three different choices. And they kept asking me, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And right there, I just remembered. I said, you know what? This is what rest is all about. I said, rather than ask me, why don't you just take a minute and just say, Jesus, here I am. One, two, three. I said, just keep quiet and just go to bed. Don't worry about it. By the time you wake up, believe me, you, something would come. And it was like there was a calmness that came upon them. Mm-hmm. By the time I talked with them this morning, they said, oh, wow, this was what came to me. So I think it's just those everyday
0: Same, things.
1: Aware. And they make up to where you finally, is almost like David having... A few arsenal of victories yeah. with him. Um, so that when he faced Goliath, it was, I killed the bear, I killed the lion, I think I can deal with you. But I think he's yeah. in that yieldedness, you know, completely yielding that, okay, there's no decision I make that Jesus is not in this thing together. For me, it's easy. That way, if anything happens, like Jesus, you're you, yeah, you yeah. the one that made that decision, yeah, because, man. You know?
0: I mean, hey, at the end of he, the day, go ahead, go ahead, Pastor listen. Yeah,
1: I mean, so basically, I think, for me, that's just what that practicality is, as far as resting in God, is understanding that every step that I make, I it has to be guided by him. He says, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. It's so that, as I learn to give him the little decisions, then the big decisions will not be hard to turn over to him. Because I would then remember it was when I needed the $5 or when I needed to pick a course or when I needed to go here or where, where I was confused. Should I go to this avenue or should I go there? And Jesus said, go there. And I saw the victory there. I think it's there. that But you know, like we already have agreed, most of us, we are so wired to make solutions to, for, by ourselves. It, it is difficult to talk. I mean, you would have finished doing it before you remember, oh, gee, I didn't even tell Jesus about it. Gee, So, I mean, the the being yoked to him is that constant consciousness. Because the animal that is yoked understands that I can't move this way because I'm yoked. So, it's that consciousness that this life is not mine alone. It belongs to to me, we belong together somehow. We're sharing it. it. Yeah, you know, it it says the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a purpose to why he gave himself because he realized I'm already weak anyway. So when he gave himself, it is to come and grab my weakness and make it strength. And, And I think for many of us, I mean, me too, I mean, hey, that's where the rubber meets the road. You're
0: right. Yes, sir. You want to say something?
2: In Matthew 11, just as the sister had quoted, in 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Rest here to me is trusting in God, just as in the book of Proverbs that says we should trust the Lord with With all our our hearts and lean not Not our own understanding, but in all our ways we should acknowledge Acknowledge him. So when we are yoked with him, we are together walking along the same way. I can remember a young boy who... Eli, um, his mom wanted to lift a box, and it was too heavy, so the mom says, okay, we'll wait for your dad, and when the dad came, the boy was always looking to see when the dad will come, and when the dad came, he ran to the father and said, mom wants to bring this box to the kitchen, and the boy simply put his hand on top of the box, And when they brought it in, he jumped up and ran to the mother. Oh, we brought it, we brought the box for you. But all he did was he put put his hand on it. He walked with him and achieved that. So when we walk with God, when we rest in Him, we do not labor, but we He does it, and He even gives us The the credit. So it means we should trust him, just as he said. Return. We miss it a lot of times, but he wants us to come back to him, and that's where we can find rest. Amen. Thank you. I mean, it's 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 um amen.
3: Amen.
0: it's it's amazing. Why why I brought back that week uh this thing, that week uh, this thing is, you know, in yoke, the way it is in the natural, it's almost about the same thing in the spiritual, but yet in the spirit. Jesus bears all the burden. That's why he said there. Come on yeah. to me. Yeah. All ye are weary yeah. and heavy laden. And I will give you. It is me he's talking about. He, was, he kept talking about I, I, I. That he, Jesus Christ, will do it. So even though you are yoked with him, he's still the one doing the heavy lifting. He's still the one carrying you. He's still the one lifting you and doing everything. All he just wants with you is just that connection. In other words, our yoke is being connected to him. That connectedness, that, that acknowledgement of him. That's the rest there. That's the the point. That's the yoke. So the yoke does not mean because if I want to face the devil, I don't know how I'm going to face the devil. So he's going to do the work. He's going to do everything. He's going to do the victory. You know, he's going to do the fighting for me. He's going to do everything for me. All he just wants is just acknowledgement. That me acknowledging him. That me being connected to him in terms of, you know, my sense of acknowledgement of who he is and what he is and all of that. That's the yoke he's talking about. That's the yoke. So, you know, the, you said what? depending on him, relying and depending on him. That is, you see, that that is the point. But a lot of times, you know, one reason why I see, you know, why why I think sometimes is, um, why I think is that, you see, a lot of times our definition of success and victory is misguided. And because it is misguided, You know, we begin to we begin to pursue things that we don't have business pursuing, and I think that those are some of the reasons why it is very difficult to depend on God sometimes. So you you want something and you want it by all means, and you can't even wait. You you want it so much you can't even wait. You know, because for you, God is late, God is not this thing. And you are so used, and sometimes you are so used to disappointments. You are so used to being disappointed by men, by situations, by circumstance, and then we project it to God also. Yeah, that's true. And because we project it to God, we begin to uh, do it our own way. We begin to figure out things our own way. We begin to, you know, try to, uh, uh, you know, figure things out and do things that we need to do. I mean, if if I remember, I remember one one guy. You know, we're talking, so I was asking him m- many years ago, I was asking him, I said, uh, why don't you come to church any longer? He said, Well, if church does not change you, you change church. You know, <laughs> 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 if, God, if church does not change you, you change church. So idea about church is that church, you know, his whole problems will just go and be solved at once. If I go here, this problem, this thing, this thing, and all of that, and if I don't get it, immediately I'll just go. And is that not the same way we treat God? We come to God with that kind of sensibility and we think that, oh, God will not do it very fast enough. The way I want it, I want it now. I want it now, 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 now. And you see, the way God works is if I say, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than my ways. Am my thoughts than your thoughts? Yes. Can you see the gap? Can you see the divide? That, that, you see, that's why if you are going to go to God with your thinking, the way you are thinking, the way you do this thing, you can never reach God. Because you, do you see the gap between the heavens and the earth? It cannot. They cannot meet. There's no way they can ever meet. There's no merger between them. So if you are going to pursue God with your mind, you're never going to get him. And that's why you always have to rely on God and depend on Him to be able to get you to where He wants you to get to. You know, so sometimes we, you know, we get into this danger of competition. You know, we the the danger of you know comparative uh, whatever it's called now, where you know if this happens to this, this happens to this. Oh, this guy gave a testimony in church, and it's my turn now. The next testimony is going to be me. You know, <laughs> which is true. Do you understand? However, but the testimonies are supposed to spur you on. They're supposed to encourage you. They're supposed to, you know, give you uh, the faith that if God can do this for this person, he can also do mine for me. Now, but I don't have the luxury of the time. Because it is in his time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. And the truth about it is God does not come late. He does not come late. There's so many things that we want. There's so many things I wanted two weeks ago. That today, I know they're irrelevant to my life. I wanted them 10 years ago, but today if I see them, they make no sense to me. I'm wondering why did I spend all my time even wanting those things? Why did I like them? Why did I want them? Why did I spend... Yes, ma'am. Pastor,
1: I think it's amazing that you went there. I, I think I was having a conversation with someone and they asked me this question that in the last few years, um, what would I say has been the most blessing to me? And I think they were expecting me to say is that I received these or I received that. And I said to them, it's the experience. I said, is the experience that has taught me to learn to wait. I said, I've now come to realize that God is not interested in the outcome. He's interested in the experience because it's the experience that grows you. I said, look at it. If he finished the foundation of the earth, And then he now brought you from the beginning. Why? That you may experience. I mean, look at the children of Israel. Did they get into the promised land one day? No. There was an experience of that wilderness journey. It wasn't to punish them. It was to teach them to rely. I said, if there's anything I've learned in the last few years, it's complete reliance on God. I said, and I'm not saying to you I've gotten there, but I've learned that this is what God is looking for, not necessarily the outcome. The outcome can happen just like this in a second. I I, I said, but that's not what God is interested in. He's more interested in, are you growing by this thing? What is it doing for you? I mean, like Paul would go to God. He said, "I went to him three times that he would take this thing away." He said, "No." He said, my, my, "He said my He said my uh, my, my grace is sufficient yes. for you." What does grace mean? It carries you through all these things, and, and so I think that's what you touched on that is really going to help us is not in the instant gratification. It is in the experience because that experience will help me to repeat another issue and go through that same experience over and over again. So the experience becomes a system for you to where you then know, listen, this system, this is the outcome of it. I wait on the Lord, I will not be disappointed. I wait for him, I know the outcome. Uh, But like you said, I think our mind is just wired. It has to happen today. I need that $1 million house today. Everything is today. You get what I'm saying?
0: Yes, yes. Very important. Very, very important that we take that because it is the experience. You see, it's the. uh, I remember somebody said they went and met. uh, No, it was uh, this Archbishop in Nigeria at that time, uh, Idahosa at that time. So somebody went and met him and said, hey, all these miracles that you have been working, everything that you have been doing. He said, "Can you please help me to get there, to the place where I can start doing uh, this kind of uh, miracles that you are doing? All this kind of thing—the dead waking up, this thing waking up—and this thing. Yeah. You see. So he now read. uh, Maybe let me read it. He read the Book of Romans for him, and he prayed that prayer of the Book of Romans. Uh, I think it's that. is Is it Romans 12 now, so? No, 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 no. That place where he was saying, uh, "Trying of the faith, work it out, patience and patience." You said, "Yeah, you said, and let faith or the hope, and then hope and hope make it not ashamed." Yes, Romans what now? Is it Romans five? Yes. No, 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 no. He was talking about uh, that hope make it not ashamed. That's that God will work out the patience. No, God will give you tribulations. That the, that the trying of the trying or something. Of your faith, work patience. patience, yeah. That the trying of your faith. Work at patience and patience. Uh, and uh, exactly. And let patience have a purpose. So what the host started praying for was that he will face trials. <laughs> started face, you know, started praying for him to face trials and tribulations and all of that. Tribulation shall be your portion. Trial will be your portion and this thing. So he said, Oga, I'm praying for. Oga, I want you to give me this thing now. I want to. Is it James one? Okay. Uh, Oga, I'm praying for you to give me this thing now. To give me miracle. It's miracle I want. It's not this thing. What is this thing? You say, have you not read in James? That's that's the that's the route to what. Yeah, if you want to go, that's just it. If you want to take shortcut because you don't want to learn anything now, so if you want to take the shortcut, let me just pray for a prayer. Let God just baptize you with all kinds of trials and and, and this thing. You know, so what I what, what I'm saying in essence is this: is that I just said that you know as a lighter, this thing. But what I'm saying in essence is this, or what you know, Pastor this thing is trying to say is this: is that the most important gift God can give to, give to you is that you are walking with Him and you are experiencing Him. That's the most important gift you can get to God, you can get from God. The most important gift is going to be that experience. It's not, it's not the God solving that problem. It's not God solving that thing. No, that isn't. You see, if it's solving problem, God is the creator. You think the person that created the heavens and the earth? Anything will be. You say, I am the God. Is there anything impossible for me? Wow. There's nothing impossible for Him. So why will you have you wait? It's the process, is the experience he wants you to get. It's the experience. exactly. The Bible talks about Jacob. The Bible talks about, you know, Jacob. He said, he said, Jacob, when, even when he did not have strength, he still did what? He still blessed. He crossed his hand. When his eyes was not even working, what did he do? He rested on his rod and blessed, on his staff and blessed. And if you look at the children of Israel, what is the importance of that staff? You know the importance of the staff? You said. His power is authority, but for a shepherd, for a Jewish shepherd, it's not authority. They inscript their experiences in it, on their rod. If you read the story of, you know, the Jewish shepherd, those rods, that's where all the experiences they had when they were in the wilderness. So he leaned on, so he leaned on that experience, those experiences he had with God. It became a it became, yeah, it became a system. So he leaned on it, and he was able to do what he was supposed to do. Mm. Even when every other thing failed, his eyesight had failed. His strength had failed because they had to lift him out of the bed, and bless. I thought that he would do the blessing, but he did not. You know, he could, he could not do it until he rested back. He reached back into his experience, the things I've experienced from God. Look at what David said. What did David say when Saul, when, Saul, when he and Saul were, you know, they wanted to fight Goliath. What they wanted to fight. You know, what did he say? Saul went and gave him all those, you know, macho iron, disdain, and everything. He said, oga oh this one, I have not tested it. Yeah. He said, but I know one thing. No. There's just one thing I've tested. What I haven't, that was my experience with God. The things I've experienced with God, that will sustain me. It will sustain me. The things I've experienced with God will sustain me. This one that you gave me, even though it's strong, you have used it for battle. You have done everything that you need to do. And you want this thing, but I can't use it in this situation because for you it will work. But for me, it's not my experience. It's your own experience. It's your own experience. It's, own experience. it's not my experience. That's good. In other words, you cannot use somebody's experience to get to where God wants to go. You have to get your own experience. You have to acquire your own experience. That's it.
2: That's it. You have
0: to acquire it. Yes, ma'am.
3: Okay, I'm going to just uh, view it you know, with women. When You know, when we are pregnant, we have different experience. Somebody will say, okay, during my pregnancy, my first one, even the first one is always different. Yeah. The second one will be different. Yeah. The one with me, it will be yeah. different. The one with uh, uh, Pastor Tosin will be different. Some people will be eating, they just want to eat something with, without salt. Yeah. Some people at that time, they cannot even smell their husband's perfume. They will run out of the room.
4: Right.
3: <laughs> so the fruit of the spirit is unlike the pregnant woman or women of, of that nine months. That's why God made the, uh, the nine months of pregnancy and the fruit of spirit the same. They are nine, nine. They are nine, nine. They are nine, nine. Because we go through that thing. You have to go through it yourself. To produce the man child. Before the man child can be produced, you have to go through the nine, nine, nine stages of, uh, uh, of that pregnancy stage. And when you go through it, that's when the child will come people's you know, experience is quite different. And God is going to, we are going to be tested in each fruit of the spirit. We are going to be tested with love, whether you love one another. You are going to be tested with long suffering. You are going to be tested in one, one by one before you go to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's where we now have it, experiential knowledge. Mm-hmm. You have the experiential knowledge of what you have gathered during that experience. But the experience usually really diver, even from one child to another. Even from one woman, uh, one woman to another. Yeah. So we are going to be growing like that before we go to 30 fold, 60 fold, and then probably we are going to reach, uh, by the grace of God, maybe like a father. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay.
4: That's Romans chapter 5. Okay. You know, when she mentioned the word experience, experience. because uh, in King James, okay. Romans chapter 5 said, from verse 1 to 5, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience, experience, and experience hope. And hope. Make not, not, ashamed. not ashamed because the love of God, shed which was shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. That is after patient experience and after I experience hope.
0: Wow. So it just, it just tells me now, just see a connection now that your experience is what gives you hope. Your hope is always hinged on the experience that you have with God. If you don't have an experience with God, there's nothing to anchor you. There's no hope because hope is an anchor. There's nothing to really anchor anything about if you don't have that experience, if you look at that connection, that thread. So, you see, it, it, so the thing is, you know, I just think we have just rested in a good place today. And I just want us to just go back home and just go and, you know, remunerate on these things. I say remunerate, ruminate on these things and think on these things and, uh, and just ask God this evening because it's not just enough for us to just share all these things. And just go back home and all of that. And just tell God, God, help me with experience with you. Give me something. Let me know you the way I should know you. Let me experience you. Take me through the process to be able to experience you and understand you. Lord, I don't want to walk in any other person's experience. I want to walk in my own experience with you. I want to walk in my own experience with you. I think we should go home this evening and just, yes. you know, pray about that. Yes. That will help us to be able to go back to that place where we can get rest, where we can, where we can you know, uh, be, be afraid. Because somebody that has experience with God and a process or a system has been built in you, when challenges come in that particular area, you'll be at rest. That's you'll be at rest because you already know the system. You know the process. You know that this system has been built. And if something is like this because of your experience, you know the outcome already. And because you know the outcome already, it helps you to be able to get to that place of rest Amen. where you can say, okay, whatever will happen, let it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what the outcome of this one is going to be Amen. because I've had an experience with God. Amen. I have been with God in this area. Yes. Yes. I, think that's what, I think that's where we should be this evening. Let's just take that this evening out of this and let's go. Father, this evening, we just want to thank you. Thank you, oh God, for helping us this evening, for exposing our eyes to your word. Thank you. Just pray this evening and just just tell God. Just tell God what your desire is concerning you and Him and your experience with Him. Because we want to press into this rest. When God is talking about rest, there's a reason why He's saying it. Every time God is saying something, God God wants something is because He wants us to get into that place, that realm. When things are being emphasized, when things are being emphasized, it's because of and today we know that one of the channels to rest, one of the channels that will keep our hearts at rest is when we begin to have experiences with God. When we have our own experiences, we can we have our own rod that we have different things that we have inscribed on those rods so that when everything else fails, those experiences that we have with God will stand the test of time and we know that we can rest. Just like Jacob rested on his rod, he rested on the rod, we can also be resting on our rod knowing the outcome. Father, we just want to thank you for every person, every soul that is here, that you will lead us into that place where we'll have personal experiences with you, O oh God. And we're able to walk with you in tandem with how you are leading us, in tandem with how you are yoked with us, oh God. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We glorify you. We exalt your holy name. Thank you, oh God. We bless your holy name. Thank you, O oh God. Bless everybody here with that experience, with a personal experience with you, oh God. Bless every soul with a personal experience, O oh God. And not just one, but many experiences in you, O oh God. Help us, O oh God, that through these experiences, we are able to build systems. We are able to build processes by which we can, we can understand you. We can know you. We can walk with you. We can listen to you. We can hear you, O oh God, in every situation. So that no matter how hard our situation is, we know, oh God, that the processes have been built through experience. Yes. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We glorify you. Thank you, oh God, for everyone that is named by this ministry, O oh God. Everyone that is connected in this ministry yes. we we'll ask you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, that you bring them to that place of experience. Yes. Where your process has been built in them. Where your systems have been built in them. Father, we thank you, O oh God. We bless your holy name in the name of Jesus. That men and women here will begin to respond to you in their experiences. They will begin to respond to you in the place of rest and experience that they have had from you, O oh God. Father, we thank you I will glorify you. We exalt you. We thank you, O oh God. Bless your holy name, O oh God. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Is there anybody who wants us to pray, you want us to agree with you, especially in this area of experience, in this area of, you know, experiencing God, knowing God yourself, experiencing God yourself, you just want us to just agree with you. The Bible says, if two of you shall agree as touching anything, if there's something that's been hindering you, something that's, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you have, you know, you have not been able to take note of these experiences that you've had with God, because in the real sense, you know, God is not unwanted to give us experiences with him. And when we're talking about experiences, we're not just talking about, okay, you just uh, having a trance, you just having this. No, we're talking about you having an encounter with God that will build a system and a process in your life. You see, we're not just talking about the area that, okay, I asked God for, uh, I asked God for a car and somebody just gave, somebody just came and gave me two cars. Yes, that is good. That can be it, all right? But we're talking about experiences where you have an encounter where God can lead you, where processes and systems are being built in your heart because of the encounters that you have had with God. And God is leading you and growing you and maturing you and helping you to see him and know him better than ever before. So that whether things are there or they are not, one thing is sure that you know that you've had an encounter with God. Is there anybody here? You just want us, you just want us to agree. Okay, there's